0: Hello coaches and welcome back to another episode of the ITA College Tennis Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, David Mullins. Today I'm speaking with Jeremy Loomis. Jeremy is now in his 20th year as the head women's tennis coach at Swarthmore College. He recently conducted a survey named perceptions of division three college tennis coaches during the COVID-19 pandemic national emergency. Jeremy possesses a master's degree in exercise science and also an MBA. He has coached at Duke, Maryland, Miami of Ohio, and overseas in Jakarta, Indonesia. In this podcast, we discuss some of Jeremy's recent research, his advice for those coaches dealing with yet another semester without their teams or competition, what lessons he will continue to apply in a post-COVID world, managing generational differences and why coaches should take advantage of continuing education opportunities on their campus. Jeremy Loomis, thanks for coming on the ITA College Tennis Coaches podcast. Thank you, Dave. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun and thank you for inviting me. Definitely. Yeah, we... um... So I, I, Justin Cerny on our staff, he had, he had sent me on some of the, the work that you were doing and the the studies that you were, you were pursuing here these last few months. And and I was fascinated anytime our coaches are, are doing something like this or writing a book or, or researching something that can help our, our coaches. I'm all about trying to showcase it. So the, the survey that you conducted, it was named perceptions of division three college tennis coaches during the fall semester and the. COVID-19 pandemic, national emergency. So it's quite a mouthful, but what lessons have you learned through this study, your conversations with coaches, your experiences this fall that you will now, you know, be applying this spring without competing and and any other suggestions you have for coaches that face a similar fate
1: and and won't be competing with their teams for the next few months? Uh, uh, Thanks, Dave. So you know the uh, the the project that I started was uh, something that came out of uh, the pandemic that uh, you know all of us have been sharing, you know all of us have been experiencing, and um, when uh, when the semester you know started, you know we had we had also been cut off from from last March, and there was definitely a lot of conversations with uh, with coaches and different groups, and I really felt like uh, there were so many different perspective you know perspectives and and also. Different um, different things that were happening around different schools that uh, felt like there there should be just a, a, a more of an organized approach to getting as much information as possible to then disseminate it across the across the the uh, the spectrum of coaches from the south, midwest, mid-atlantic, the west, pretty much anyone. And so I think getting all that information, what I wanted to look at was what coaches were doing during, uh, during this, this first fall semester of, a of, of having a pandemic, uh, with us. And number one, I, I found, uh, Dave was, uh, the, the resiliency of coaches. I found amazing. Uh, that's, that's number one. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't know what was going on, uh, from pretty much practically one day to the next, uh, could be from handed down from. The school could be handed down from uh, students not being able to travel or uh, being um, you know, told to sit out because of symptoms. Or it could be either, even something beyond the school, you know, from, you know, from our national discourse. And it was amazing to see that uh, coaches were looking at ways to make their students uh, still have a positive experience with, uh, with, with being in the program. Uh, and that was another thing that I really found inspiring was, was that coaches overall to a, to a T really thought of their students first and and foremost. Mm -hmm. And that took on different, uh, different perspectives, of course, but having that commonality I thought was, was, was great. And also just the open sharing. I got so many responses from coaches, the open sharing, uh, you know, even expressing vulnerability. I think that's as coaches, we have, we, we really want to put on a certain face uh, of of strength and calm, but, you know, just having a, a chance to just to share with each other, which as you said, without competition didn't put us in that arena at at that point. Um, the only th- the other thing that I wanted to kind of see was if there were any statistical differences with uh, differences from like where the, the, the coach, where the coach was uh, at, you know, whether, you know if it was in the south or the midwest or the west if there was any differences if there are any differences between gender uh in in division three we have three different uh different types of coaches we have men's coaches women's coaches and, and coaches who coach both men and women mm-hmm. um and then uh and then lastly like how many uh students were on campus with their teams was there zero students on campus uh, were there fifty percent? Were there a hundred percent? There was there was a lot of differences. So I, I was interested to see if if there were going to be any differences between those. Um, what I found was kind of uh, was kind of interesting and possibly good for like future discussion. Uh, I definitely found you know between uh, geographic locations there really were no differences, which was nice. Uh, perceptions of of what we looked at was like what kind of uh, practices did you change or were there Lots of changes uh, with how you, um, you know, how you strategize motivation towards a team and also like how you perceived or how a coach perceived uh, it being like a positive or negative experience of, uh, of, of the semester. So the geographic location didn't change. I thought that was pretty interesting because as everyone knows, um, the way the Northeast, uh, that uh, demographic you, know, you you heard through the media that things were different from Northeast or the South or the Midwest. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. The, um, the genders uh, didn't change. I was, I was happy to see that uh, as far as positive experiences between genders didn't, didn't make a difference. Uh, the one thing that was, uh, was different, which was of note was I think uh, the strategizing of like motivation, you know, was a little bit different between coaches uh, who are coaching men's teams versus coaching were women's and and also men's and women's teams. So that was, uh, that was difference, which, which was interesting. Um, and then, you know, basically with, uh, with the population of students, uh, it was encouraging to see that the, the more students were on campus, as in like the the more you had hundred percent, the higher it went, then also the higher it went with uh, how a coach perceived that positive experience that they were, that they were getting. So you really saw that the, that interaction with uh, with with coaches with with their students, especially that personal interaction, was was really important. So, so that was it. Uh, that that was it as far as that concerned. The other thing I would say, uh, the mental health aspect this uh, this semester, Dave, was uh, obviously one of the primary focuses mm-hmm. of uh, of of coaches. And uh, that being said, there was a lot of flexibility. So, uh, there were some coaches who expressed that uh, the mental health aspect of uh, having intentional contact, you know, getting getting uh, a chance to talk to them either in person or by Zoom uh, more intentionally, weekly, uh, having more contact with them was was very important for someone's mental health. Um, that being said, there were other coaches expressed, look, getting out to play a sport that they love, getting outside, uh, exercising. That was really important for my students' mental health. That was that was going to be a, a critical factor and whether, whether they were coping the, the right way this semester. Um, and then lastly, just kind of like thinking about just uh, the, you know, the fact that we're not in a permanent situation, you know, the mental health, just kind of yeah. giving, giving students uh, an idea like, Hey, you know, we're in this together. It's not going to be uh, permanent though. So let's focus on the process. What can we do to, to get better? And it's not even saying that, uh, that coaches were saying like, Oh, tomorrow will be better. You know, it might not be tomorrow, but if you improve, just, if you think about getting through tomorrow in a a positive way, you know, once we're in a position where we can compete or, uh, we have everybody on campus then think of, uh, you know, think of that journey and, and think of where we were and and how we were able to overcome that. I think those are just like incredible life lessons for, for our students. So,
0: how are you? Maybe speak just from a personal perspective. Your your season's been cancelled. How are you managing things this semester, your, yourself, with your players, with your administrators? Um, you know, and, and has anything kind of come out of this study that has made made you uh, redress or rethink about how you manage these next few months?
1: Right. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, as you said, the, the the school has already announced that we're uh, not going to be able to compete the, the, this spring. And so taking the lessons learned from the the, the fall semester and, and moving forward, uh, even though there's a little bit difference, obviously, uh, the fall semester for us is, is sort of that non-traditional season. And now we're getting into what would have mm-hmm. been that traditional season uh, is going to be a little bit different. However, some of those lessons learned, uh, number one, is maintaining uh, you know, maintaining and really looking at those goals that don't necessarily have to do with that, that in your face competition that's coming up in the, you know, over this weekend. Um, you know, so I think some of the things that uh, we're, we're addressing right now is, you know, what are those other goals that uh, could be something that we wouldn't necessarily uh, touch on, you know, it could be um, being in touch with the community or, or what's our engagement with by faculty or What's our uh, what's our social media strategy Uh, and kind of having the the students involved in that uh, in other aspects is uh, is definitely something that we're going to, uh, you know, going to maintain. I think um, it's still with uh, the process, as uh, as I said before, uh, the process of of improving, of of looking at um, of looking at uh, this as a challenge and and trying to. And and trying to kind of develop a, a, a good strategy with our with our students uh, moving forward. Um, the one thing that's uh, one thing that's different now, there, Dave, that I think every coach has to really consider is that what we're used to in the past, you know, pre-pandemic is, you know, there could be a player that that gets um, injured, you know, uh, by you know by accident or or something that you didn't plan, or they get sick. You know, there could be one player, maybe a couple that uh, that that you didn't expect expect happen. Now I think as as coaches, we really have to have contingency plans as a whole team, as a whole group. You know, where we we might see, you know, teams planning to have matches or planning to have conference championships or planning to have these things. And then there could be something abruptly changed. Um, You know, it could be three, three players who have symptoms and can't make that trip. They could be practically almost on the bus. Mm. It could be that that soon. Or it could be that uh, they could hand it down from administrators that, sorry, uh, the, the school wants to, wants us to lock down and we can't have that uh, that, that team come in. Um, so to have a contingency plan as a group, as a whole team is something that um, that I would like to see coaches really think about uh, moving moving forward. Yeah, we definitely can assume because
0: uh, some some matches have started and teams have have competed now, you know, maybe last weekend, competing this weekend, that uh, that's going to continue. It's easy to let your guard down. Right. And And uh, who knows what's to come here in the weeks and, and months ahead? And, and coaches should definitely have a plan if if their season, like I said, get gets ended abruptly, like it did last year, or that maybe they have to sit out for several weeks or, or miss uh, miss some some key matches. So yeah, I think that that's brilliant advice and, and something all coaches should be should be thinking hard about here in the coming days after listening to this. Um, so, so Jeremy, when things do get back to whatever normal is going to be, we'll just use that word. Uh, what are some of the things that, that you've learned, um, again, through your study, through your conversations, through your own experiences and some of the things that you've changed within your own program during this time that you think you'll continue to apply for the next several years and maybe the rest of your coaching career?
1: Right. Right. Um, I think part of us as, as coach, you know, part of us as a coaching body, we're, we're always looking how things can turn us into more positive coaches, you know, turn us into, or develop us into, uh, looking at different ways to communicate with our current players or with recruiting. That's one thing I I didn't touch on with uh, the study was recruiting because again, it, it was, it was so new and there were so many different, uh, aspects of, of, uh, of how people approach uh that, that uh, aspect of of what we do um so that's one thing i know that wasn't part of the study but talking with other coaches and, and talking uh and just how we've been you know managing that this semester the the uh the, the coaching spectrum has changed a lot you know with with the amount of zoom recruiting that we do um with the amount of uh visits that we've done through through virtual methods, uh, so the, the methods of of recruiting for us uh, were are definitely going to be something that we stick with uh, all the way through the um you know through through the next few, definitely the next future, uh, and then as far as um, the yeah, the amount of contact, so uh, for us um, you know we have a lot more intentional contact you know even during our non traditional or off seasons where we had during um, you know the summertime even before the semester started. Uh, having zoom, uh, meetings, having zoom calls, um, trying to put our students in touch with external resources, especially for mental health, uh, trying to really embrace how, uh, we as coaches don't have to handle everything. You know, we, we have to kind of rely on our, on our support and, and also understand what support is, is out there for us and, uh, and for our student athletes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's brilliant. Um, so, just obviously, you have a, you have an interest in in the academic world in in research. Uh, I don't know a lot of coaches that are <laughs> conducting research studies, uh, but uh, I, I, I'm really thrilled to see it and, and read this research. It's 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 super helpful for somebody like me who's trying to help with coach education. And um, so, I know a lot of coaches are, are fascinated by kind of the generational differences. They want to try and understand the players that they're recruiting and coaching on a much deeper level and kind of understand some of the tendencies that that different generations, um, you know, uh, experience or, 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 or project Um, so obviously you and I are starting to get up in age a little bit, and then we've seen (laughs) a few generations now, um, during our time, uh, as as coaches and and tennis players ourselves. But so during your, your time as a coach, have you seen a shift in the priorities or, or makeup of your student athletes from generation X to generation Y and now generation Z? And if so, what are some of those common themes for
1: better or for worse? Uh, that, that's a, a question that could entail like, a a multiple podcasts. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll try to encapsulate that in, uh, in a concise answer. Uh, mm-hmm. yes, that, that is a critical part of coaching now. Um, and, you know, looking back at, uh, the amount of years that I've, that I've coached and, and I've been fortunate to, um, you know, to, to be in that, uh, to be in that uh, category of of having multi generational contact with uh, with with our student athletes, um, as you said, you know, we're we're definitely getting up in years. I guess I'm still considered like a Gen Xer, which is uh, yeah, which is, me too. Okay, <laughs> um, but you know, think about those those years when when we were growing up. Uh, it was you know pre twenty four hour news cycle. It was it was um, you know it was a time where we, we might have had. Some distrust of authority because our parents were baby boomers and, you know, we were we didn't really live through the Vietnam War, but we certainly maybe had some distrust of of an authority figure. But we kind of like still just kind of put our head down, you know, plowed through it um, and and kind of did our, you know, did our best in, in that capacity. I think with uh, with, with Generation Y, with uh, with Generation Y, uh, think of uh, think of those experiences that uh, th- those student athletes were, were having growing up. Uh, there was definitely the advent of cable TV and ESPN and, and, uh, CNN. And then also that's when internet started to really, uh, take form or, and also cell phones. So the, the, the kids that I were coaching, I was coaching with generation Y, you, you would see them with cell phones and, and know that they were on the internet and you would say like, Whoa, okay. They're talking to their parents now, or they're talking to their coach from back home. And what kind of, what kind of information are they, are they, are they really getting and, and, uh. You know, they have to be invested, you know, all into, into their location right now and, and trying to go through, you know, trying to, to navigate that. Um, gosh, you know, now thinking about like generation Z and you think about it, it's not just, uh, you know, every, everybody who's a kid of generation Z has kind of gone through, they, they know social media, they, they, they've mm-hmm. had their cell phones for all their life. And so now it's, it's not even so much that they're navigating that, but they're getting curation of information now. <laughs> You know they're getting uh, things that uh, you know things that we're not even aware of, but also they're so adept in so many things that we're not necessarily uh, understanding. And so, you know, that means for us as uh, as as coaches, as you said, it's it's critically, it's really critically important to to understand where they're where they're coming from, and uh, and for us to understand that when we're when we're out there. Um, when we're out there with our students and there's something going on socio political that's happening, that might they that they're seeing this and and that might bring they might bring it in and how you interact with them um could be shaped by that as well. Um so so that the, the complicated part is is kind of knowing all of those uh those different factors. And that's where I think the continuing education, as you said, is is critical for us as coaches. Uh we, uh, we know the sport, you know, we, we analyze, you know, we analyze mental factors and, and mental toughness and the psychology and the technique and the, and the fitness level. Um, uh, but to say like, all right, these kids are are going to, to just listen to that. Um, it's not necessarily, not necessarily the case all the time. The, the more we understand their perspectives, um, From their background, whether it's racial, whether it's socioeconomic, whether it's gender identity, those things are going to are going to to, to flare up. And so uh, we should definitely be be trying to do our best to uh, to learn.
0: Mm -hmm. So through the years, then how as you've recognized that, as you've seen it, as you become more aware and, and researched and studied it yourself, you know how then have you adapted to that how have you maybe taken in uh, more of, of your players' perspective and get to know them a little better and and you know understand their background a little bit more or is that just something you've you've always done and and haven't necessarily had to adapt to or or have you not adapted to it
1: at all and no 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 my I mean, way some or the highway something I'm still trying to adapt to there Dave uh, <laughs> Uh, I can, you know, going back to thinking about when I first started coaching or even when I first started playing, you know, through, through college tennis, um, you know, it was an individual sport. Uh, I felt I, I would create a, a space for, you know, for, for people to develop as a player. I'll be honest. I, I didn't necessarily look at the group dynamic in the same way that I did that I do right now. I felt like the group dynamic would form on itself almost because just the experiences that we have together, whether it's travel, whether it's practice, whether it's match experiences, we'd start to develop some commonalities and, and learn to work together as a team. the way that students look at the group dynamic now i think has completely shifted which has forced me to really try to enhance that uh that that aspect of of what we do i think this is what's really fascinating about the uh the sport that we coach we are coaching this individual sport in a team in a team atmosphere mm-hmm. but i think students now and it could be uh female or male they're, they're looking at uh i mean look at how uh, the best professional tennis players in the world right now when they win that that trophy, they thank their teams, (laughs) you know, and it could be male or female, they are thanking their teams. And that message I think has filtered them down to the college ranks. You look at some of the best college teams in the country, it's a family for them. You know, it's the culture, it's the family, it's the, it's, it's the interactions that, uh, that they have not just with each other as the players, but also the respect they have for the coach. And, and they just feel everything is, is, uh, is, is moving in a synchronous way. Um, so the, the group dynamic, I know that as I'm recruiting kids and, and how the students are, are, um, looking at as, as a primary focus of their experience is how is that team interacting with each other? What is the culture like? Uh, so that's a big part of it there, Dave. That's, uh, that, that is something that I've definitely adapted. Now, one thing I will kind of say that I haven't adapted too well, uh, is the social media aspect. Uh, you look at, um, Again, you look at professional athletes right now and you think back back when we were uh, growing up, how many of those professional athletes really had a voice in social and social justice or in or in some other th- big issues that are happening in the world? I think for us, maybe, um, you know, certainly Muhammad Ali comes in comes in mind, but there weren't that many. And that was like that was like the preeminent figure. Now you, you see so many athletes right now um, using social media for a voice. hmm for justice, for, um, positive change. Athletes have, have a huge voice right now and, um, you know, adapting it for, for coaches. I think athletes in some way want coaches to also be involved in that also, um, using, using their abilities as coaches to to promote for justice, promote for social change, you know, uh, to have a positive impact in the greater world. Mm. And I think that's uh, that's complex, you know. Yeah. And I, and I and I think uh, that's something that we as coaches um, are still trying to navigate. You know, some better than others. Yeah. And how are you navigating that? Well, with uh, with with more discussions with our resources on campus, mm-hmm. um, you know, having discussions, uh, having intentional and sometimes difficult conversations with my team, um, trying to uh, see what we can do as, as a group, but, uh, but also just understand where, where people are coming from. I think this is um, this is also something that's really critical for us as coaches is that you, you we have a team of individuals. They're going to have different uh, backgrounds. They're going they might have different perspectives on things and they might disagree and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And being able to be that mentor to allow them to, to disagree and, and teach them how to have, productive conversations when people disagree is, is one of those critical factors. I think we have, we are really needing at this point in in our society. And it's not easy now with, with a pandemic because we're getting less person to person interaction. And we're just kind of relying on that, uh, that message we see from a social media post. And that's, uh, that's, that's something that, we as as coaches, again, this is, goes outside of sport now, but uh, but we as coaches, if we can offer our students with our small little group there, ways to kind of interact with each other. We have we have some coaches that have international students. We have some coaches that have people from um, different socioeconomic backgrounds. How we kind of talk with each other, how we don't let it um, devolve into some sort of uh, a personal attacks? where it becomes people stop even talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, uh, you know, that is kind of, uh, what I see as something that we as uh, as a coaching body, uh, can start to like learn about how to, how to do that and, and, uh, and learning how to do that better yeah that that would be a a gift
0: to uh, our student athletes and and future generations right, right. If, because they're not necessarily seeing great examples uh right. from from our politicians right now or or amongst uh you know discourse you know cr- across the country and and uh, in many parts of the world as well and and hopefully the next generation uh can uh, have disagreements but find uh, find ways to move forward it's it's uh, maybe more exactly, important that's
1: yeah, that, that's where we have our vehicle of, of sport. You know, when mm-hmm. when when we're when we're playing against another team, um, what uh, you know, what does that mean for you know, we're we're putting away some differences for a common you know for a common goal, mm-hmm. and that's with sport, um, but also even with us as coaches, you know, we have a rivalries in in uh, in in the sport. You know, it could be even you know from the big schools to the small schools, from Ohio State, Michigan to uh, army, Navy to, for us, Walkmore Haverford, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, understanding that we have this rivalry, it's a, it's a positive thing, but let's not go down the, the line of like tribalism or divisiveness so much that we kind of lose that, uh, that aspect of we're playing a sport, you know, we're, we're, we're in this together to develop our student athletes, you know and that's uh that's something that uh, we as coaches have to um, remind remind our students that they're looking at us too mm-hmm. <laughs> and how we and how we behave yeah, yeah, it's a great reminder for our
0: coaches so Jeremy, obviously um, you know uh, education's important to you. you have a master's degree, you have an MBA why you know, why go down that path, um, with formal education, um, you know, while you've stayed in, in, the coaching ranks so, so, so long, and, and would you encourage other coaches to engage with formal education? And if so, why? Uh,
1: yeah, I, 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 definitely have a lot of degrees right now. <laughs> uh, sometimes I look back and, and, uh, and kind of just try to think about the path that I took, uh, definitely for, for coaches to get, um, the formal education, I think, is a, can be important in, in a few different factors, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain them. So the first, first uh, master's di- I degree I got was exercise science. Uh, that was to kind of under, help me understand like the scientific aspects of of uh, you know of the body of of movement. I felt like my undergraduate degree didn't quite um, you know really touch on that at all. I was I was an English major, you know, out of uh, out of college, so I felt that was going to be a, an important thing to get. Um, You know, to some basis, if I was going to to be a coach with uh you know with with students moving forward, um, I will say that the the MBA for me was was more of a hedge than uh, than for any necessarily practical purpose at the time. Uh, with uh, with coaching, as you know, there there are lots of great uh, coaches out there, Um, and sometimes there are just few positions that uh, that are open. Uh, you really just never know, and so at the time. When I was at uh, when I was at Maryland, uh, the the program wasn't necessarily supported. I was coaching the men's team, uh, and not that uh, not that I didn't want to to go into coaching, but to look at really the 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 spot that I wanted to go to and to to really see, uh, you know, how it was going to work out. I wanted to make sure that I had some another degree that had kind of a a basis for me to to do other things. You know, so part of it is is kind of uh, I would say it's it's nice to have that in the back pocket, you know if uh, if for coaches who want to coach, but for whatever reason it it uh, it hasn't worked out in according to their plan. Now, I will say that uh, beyond that, it was great. It really was great. the, the NBA uh, allowed me to interact with people who are leaders that are outside of sports., uh, so that's one thing I think having a formal education is uh, would be variable valuable for for coaches is that, it gets out of that arena a little bit, you know, you, then you talk with, I talked with people who are, you know, marketing or or talked with people who are going into finance or talked with people who are into cybersecurity. Uh, it was, uh, it was, was great. No, it was a great opportunity for knowledge and also a great opportunity just to hear people's perspectives on, on how they approach, um, their, uh, you know, their management style or their, or their leadership style. On top of that, um, having it, that that MBA, I uh, think about what we do as as coaches. Uh, it kind of applies. You know, there's part marketing that I learned, part negotiation, part um, entrepreneurship. But uh, These things that we have as as coaches is is part of our own little uh, bubble of of our company. It's our you know it's our kind of our brand, kind of our baby. Uh, it's it's something that uh, we should know some of the principles of of leadership that have worked across the spectrum, not just in, in, uh, in coaching the sport. Mm-hmm. So, so those are, those are certainly really important. Um, I will say there, Dave, that I still take some classes at, at Swarthmore when I can, I think, uh, being engaged again with, with other teachers, uh, is, is definitely very important. I, I would hope that coaches, uh, if they have the opportunity, I know it gets really busy, but just taking some time to maybe take a class once every few years, uh, to see what the student body is like, this is what your student athletes are living in. And it's, it's good to know, you know, when they come to the, to the courts, it's, it's really great for them to separate, but then for you to know like what it's like on that campus can be very valuable, uh, you know, you know, for anybody to, um, you know, to continue really getting involved with their, their players. I will also say that, um, it, the, the critical thing with getting that advanced degree there, there, Dave, also is for coaches to have a passion for it, have a really strong interest. In. Don't just do a master's degree of of something that you're really not interested in. You just want to put it in your back pocket. There are some great coaches, uh, some excellent coaches who have degrees, in philosophy, have degrees in history, have degrees in education. That's the one thing I love about uh, that coach that about coaching. It's a multi-dimensional endeavor. You know, there's so many different aspects of life, of, of different things that you bring into coaching that will be beneficial for your student athletes. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing profession. Yeah, it is. And it's being
0: on a, on a college campus, right? I mean, there's a lot of tuition breaks that you can get. Um, I know when I was at Northwestern as an assistant, I got about 80% off the tuition there and tuition is expensive at North, Northwestern, but it would just seemed like too good an opportunity to to pass up. And I know coaches feel like they, they don't have time, but uh, I know for me, I was, we, we, uh, you know, big 10 biz busy schedule. I was to make ends meet, um, coaching, you know, another 20 hours a week on top of that and, right. and, uh, had a, a young, young son, but still tried to find a way to take one class a semester and take advantage of, of those significant tuition breaks. And you don't know. Uh, where where it might lead. I know. I I, I like you said, interacting with other individuals. I, I was going through their their sports management program, but got to meet you know other coaches. I got to meet administrators. I got to take classes from people within the the uh, athletic department and build relationships with those that again filters back. You don't know how it it might help you, but I it definitely encourage right. coaches to do that. So yeah, it's great. So Jeremy, tell me. um, you know, you, you did this, uh, this study this last semester, uh, what, what study are you going to conduct this semester? And, and, uh, um, or, or what other studies would you like to see done specifically for, for college tennis? I, I actually did. I did a talking about continuing education. I did a, another masters in, in, uh, sports and exercise psychology and actually did a, did a study focused on, on, uh, interviewing division one college coaches, but what other studies were you like to see done? And, and, uh, do you have any intention
1: of doing them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, this, the time for the, for this, the sabbatical, it was, was because I had a sabbatical actually. So, so definitely my intentions this semester is to, to have a little bit more, um, engagement with the team. So, uh, I'm probably, probably going to take a little backseat of, of doing another research project at this point. However, because this pandemic is, is ongoing. Uh, I mean, part of this, uh, you know, part of the reason of this study there, Dave was that there really is, has, was nothing that I could see coming from, um, academia or, or other entities about what it's like as a, as a collegiate coach that didn't have to do with like professional sport or didn't have to do with uh, something big time. You know, this is a, this is a complete gap of, of, uh, of, of any information. So, yeah. um, I, I'm really excited to see how it goes with, uh, with, you know, a more of a longitudinal study where, you know, you have, uh, you know, maybe a, a follow up question about how things are going after, you know, another, a full year. So, or when, when we start to, um, have more information of, of how this, you know, how vaccines work and, and, uh, and other things and just the long-term effects too. Uh, the, the students that we have on our teams now are going through it, but the ones that we, we recruit who are freshmen in high school, who are eighth graders, who are 10th graders, this affects them too, <laughs> you know, this affects them. And so to have a follow-up research on, um, you know, uh, either coaches, trying to interact with uh, these students or even just the, you know, the student athletes coming, coming forward, I think uh, would be a, a great, uh, you know, would be a great study to yeah. possibly do in the, in the future. Yeah. Um, look forward to
0: having you back on the podcast for that one. That would <laughs> be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see um so. but yeah for coaches listening just so you know you can find the the study results um in the January 29th coach education newsletter so uh please check your emails so you can get more details on that and and follow up with Jeremy if you have any questions if if that's okay Jeremy if you don't mind them i am uh, always
1: up for uh for a good conversation with uh, with other coaches and just talking about our profession great right. Right, Thank you. So we'll, we'll move away from
0: academia and we'll, we'll move into our rapid fire round. So what, what book has made a ma- major impact on you as a coach?
1: Oh yeah. You know, uh, certainly, uh, reading, uh, different books throughout the, throughout the years, I'm trying to think of like the ones that have come up right off the bat. So the, um, so it comes in, in and I have a few actually, if that's okay. So it's, sure. there's, um, the first book that I remember that really kind of, in, encouraged me to like, look at, at coaching, uh, was actually a book by John McPhee called levels of the game. It's mm-hmm. actually about, uh, Arthur Ashe and Clark, Great Clark Ravener. Kind yep. of just had this background of where these people were coming from and how they played. And I was like, wow, you know, there's so much more to just hitting backhands and forehands <laughs> that, uh, I felt this is, you know, this is, goes beyond just uh, teaching technique. Um, now as, that was uh, as far as the sport. Now, as far as like the, uh, uh, coaching aspect. Also, um, there's a great book by H a Dorfman called, um, coaching the mental game, uh, which went through like the alphabet a through Z and talked about all these different scenarios that were, um, that could pertain to, uh, you know, to coaching and different, uh, you know, different situations. Now, what are we talking about? Like that team aspect, um, was uh, something that I picked up from, uh, uh, when I first started Swarthmore is a, a book, by Jeff Jansen called, uh, champion championship team building. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very important for me to really delve into the, uh, that, you know, that part of, uh, the things that we do, like how to, to develop team goals, how to develop that, uh, that team culture, that team culture. Um, the one that kind of most recently picked up last year, which was, uh, also really important as a coach was a, was a, a book called power cues by Nick Morgan. And, um, Power Cues by Nick Morgan is, is something that all of us as coaches need to still refine uh, is like picking up those nonverbal things from, uh, you know, other recruits or, or our student athletes and also what how we communicate. You know, that's uh, that's definitely a, a, a crucial aspect of of what we have. You know, we can have like the best ideas possible, but if we're not paying attention to what our message is and how it's received, uh, it, it goes you know, down the tubes. Right. Yeah. Lots of recommendations
0: there for our coaches. So they'll be busy the rest of the semester on, on any road trips, hopefully that they're taking. So what is your favorite quote?
1: All right. So I have uh, I do have again, multiple ones too, but uh, one in my office is uh, by Nelson Mandela. Uh, it's called it always seems impossible until it is done. So that's something that I, I, I have in my office because as coaches, sometimes things kind of are overwhelming uh, but then once it's done, you're like, you know what? I was able to do it. <laughs> and then the last one was something that kind of just in, for me, uh kind of feels like coaching for in my in my view. And it's it's actually by Oscar Wilde. It's called it's uh the quote is Um, the, sus- the suspense is terrible. I hope it will last. <laughs> so for us, you know, it's always suspenseful in those matches. And this yep. it's just kind of what draws me back, is like that suspense of coming back or the the tight points or just the uh, the suspense of how the season is going, um, yeah, I, I do hope it it, it lasts though at that uh, in the in the long run. <laughs> I'm not surprised to get an Oscar Wilde quote
0: from an English major. That's so.
1: true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is one lesson you hope all your players have learned by the time they leave Swarthmore College? <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, uh, sometimes the lessons we, we try to instill with, uh, with our players, they sometimes, you know, eventually come back and say, Oh yeah, I learned that lesson. <laughs> um, but I would say the, the one thing that I want them to, uh, one thing I think that would probably be most beneficial, uh, is that, you know, you, um, you have, uh, uh these moments as, as a college athlete and there's lots of discovery and with that discovery, there's also a lot of resiliency. And so, people come in and they have, um, you know, they have a vision, they, they, they have goals and they want to, and they want it to go well. And, and every year they there's different things that knock them off course a little bit. You know, there's, whether it's a lineup decision that coaches have to make, whether it's an injury, whether it's a a class that became a lot harder (laughs) than they, than they expected uh, a lot of different things can, can happen. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's like, um, You know it's tough to to handle but to be able to overcome those those challenges that resiliency and when they leave that they've have those moments that you know what i didn't think it was going to work out when this happened but boy this happened this 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 is what happened that that i was able to overcome that lesson for that they can take on to the next endeavor because life happens life will happen where they're going to have other challenges and other experiences that didn't go as planned um That they have in their back pocket, that they were able to overcome it, they were able to see what uh, what was positive out of it, uh, is something that uh, we um, we are probably, you know, that uh, I would say that that figure that can help them through that 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 uh, figure of change, which is uh, crucial, you know, again another crucial thing aside from the sport. Yeah.
0: Well, Jeremy, thank you for conducting this study, for sharing it with us here at the ITA, for sharing it with uh, all our coaches now, and and uh, thanks for a fascinating conversation this morning. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Uh, thank, thank you, Dave. Uh, you know what you do is is amazing for all of us as coaches. Uh, during when we were locked down, you were my like go-to uh, <laughs> podcast to like uh, learn some new things, and uh, you know the more that we share with each other. Uh, whether it's research or or whether it's travel or or our interactions with players, I think the the more useful we are and the more beneficial we are for our student athletes and for our broader um, our broader campuses. Well, thank you for, for the kind words, Jeremy. And I, I couldn't
0: agree with you more. I just want to keep sharing information with one another and hopefully, uh, yeah, have our coaches engage with it. And, and um, yeah, we're all learning so much from from each other every day. And, and this is why I started the podcast. To, this is how I learned as a college coach by, by speaking with other coaches. And, and I want to make sure, um, yeah, everybody gets that exposure as well. I was lucky to, to have a, a exposure to a network of coaches is pretty early on in my career, uh, being at Northwestern and, and from my uh, college coach, but I know not all coaches get that same opportunity. So I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, you've, you've enjoyed the, the podcast and hopefully we'll continue to do so. Great. Thank you.